We're going to read from verse 1 down through 3. And faith, I want to entitle today that faith is the creative substance. Love does not create. Love is a motivator. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Love is a motivator. Faith is the only creator. In other words, it creates those things which are not seen, but those things that do exist in the inheritance, the heart, the family, and the lineages of God. And so to, we're going to talk about faith, the creative substance. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance. It is a spiritual substance. It cannot be weighed. It cannot be measured in human eyes. But it can be measured by Scripture because it has great faith. It has little faith. And then it has no faith. And so it can be measured. It can be seen. And the result of it can be seen. But with the human eye, it cannot be understood. It is a spiritual substance of things hoped for. For the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed or created. So faith is the basis of all kingdom activity. Nothing will happen in the kingdom of God and be manifest upon this earth unless there is a faith connector, unless there is a faith action that allows God to do what God desires to do. Case in point, no, it's not God's will that any perish, but that all should come unto repentance, obtain salvation. He has called salvation to appear unto all, yet there are multitudes that are not being saved. So we understand that God's will and desire, his voice, his plan, and his purpose requires faith from humanity or from the believer. If faith is not in, instituted, then God kind of becomes silent. He becomes inactive because it requires faith for God to do anything. Amen? Remember his will is that all be saved, but it's by grace through faith. And then the word of God contains God's will, his voice, his desire, his plans, and his purposes, but none of which will come to pass without faith. Could it get an amen? All right, let's go to Hebrews 4, 1 through 3, and uh, establish this fact that God's word is his voice, his purpose, his plan, his desire. But please understand that nothing will come to pass that God desires. Now, I do want you to understand I'm not talking about the sovereign decrees of God, like uh, the end of the world, uh, the release of the son of perdition, the rapture of the church. Those things are going to take place whether we believe or we don't believe. Our unbelief or our faithlessness will not hinder God's sovereign decrees. Amen? All right, Hebrews 4.1 says this, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us, we hear, the present day body of Christ, for unto us the gospel was preached as well as unto them. Talking about the Old Testament saints, the prophets, kings, so forth. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into a rest, as he hath said, as I have sworn in my wrath, that if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished before the foundations of the world. Now, realize that the gospel has been preached in shadows and types in the Old Testament. 
we realize that in the Old Testament, the gospel, the good news of the Messiah and its benefits were unveiled. And in that dispensation that they could use faith, not in a complete sense as you and I would, but we could use faith and they could live in righteousness if they live by faith. Faith is an Old Testament substance as well as a New Testament substance. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we do know that there were men that pleased God. David used his faith and saw God in a way that men don't see him. He wrote approximately 150 Psalms out from under what people have a disdain for the Old Testament. The Old Testament is not a book of bygone days. It is a book of confirmation of the days that you and I live in. Amen. And the law is good. Not that it's bad. Without the law, how would we know what transgression is? Absolutely. It reveals to us sin, and it reveals to us the steps and the orders of God. Amen. All right. So, the first thing I want to talk about is what faith is not. What faith is not. And let's go to Romans, the second chapter in verse 17. We're going to read through 23. What faith is not. If you could determine what something isn't, then you wouldn't dabble in what it wasn't. Amen? All right. So, in Romans 2, 17, it says this. Behold, art thou called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God? And knowest thou his will? And approveth the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the what? Oh, wow. Wait, wait. Let's go back there. I kind of like that. And knowest thou his what? Do you know that the law unveils the hidden will of God? See, people don't, they just don't divide the law right. The law is good. It'll keep you from committing sin if you'll pay attention. But it's in that is the revelation of God's will for our life. All right, now let's go back to verse 19. And it said, Art thou confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind and a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge of the truth in the law? Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself, that thou preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? And thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? That thou abhorrest idol, dost thou commit sacrilege? Then that thou makest thy boast of the law, through the breaking of the law you dishonor God. Now, I want to talk to you about, just for a couple of moments, that faith is not knowledge. Faith is not knowledge. A lot of times people think that faith is knowledge. But in Luke 11.52 it says this, Woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge, and ye have not entered in, and you hinder those ones that do attempt to enter in. Therefore, you're going to be cursed. Notice that it says they hold the key of knowledge. Knowledge is a key, but knowledge is not faith. Amen? amen. Come on, could I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 says this. Now, touching things offered unto the idols, we know that we have all knowledge, and knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And if any man think that he hath knowledge of anything, let him think again because he knows nothing compared to what he ought to know. In other words, knowledge will promote you to a place that you think that you don't need faith. Notice that knowledge puffs up, but charity edifies. See, knowledge is an accumulation of keys or entry levels into things that we need, skills and plans and purposes, but charity is only active out of faith. Could have get an amen. It's active out of faith. 
So then faith is not knowledge. So scripture memorization is great. But if you don't have the faith that's in the scripture, all you'll do is have knowledge of something. Knowledge about God is not knowing God. You could have knowledge of prayer, but never have an answer. Amen? All right. The second thing that faith is not, faith is not believing. Oh, that's horrible. Let's go to James 2, 14 through 20. Faith is not believing. Say this with me. Knowledge is not faith. So just, I, I went and seen a man one time. They called him the walk-in Bible, the living Bible. But he never believed in healing. He didn't believe in blessing. He didn't believe that God would answer every pray you, prayer you prayed. And all these things he didn't believe. I said, how can he be one of the walk-in Bible? I never went and seen him again. Uh, because I figured if he's the living Bible, man, there's chapters that have been torn out. And he could just quote chapter after chapter. And I was amazed at his ability to memorize Scripture. But knowledge does not produce faith. Sometimes we as Christians are not looking for truth. We're just looking for a cliche. A couple of weeks ago when Brother Jesse was here, whether you like him, whether you don't like him, and I'm not interested in that. He, re- he reaches a, a sect of the body of Christ that nobody else does. And we have to have the five-fold ministry so we can come into the fullness of what God has for us. So whether you like him, stone him, cuss him, talk about him, I really don't care. It has his place just as Harry Perry Stone has his place, just as Billy Graham had his. Everybody has their place, and we need the five-fold ministry. So you can get mad, you can get bent out of shape, and you can not like his delivery. I understand that, you know, but it doesn't matter. He's still Jesse Duplantis, anointed of God. But he said this. He's, he said he was unveiling a truth, and he said a statement. And somebody said to me later, said, man, that was so good. I said, oh, really? I said, what did he say? Well, he said this. All they heard was a cliche. All they wanted was knowledge to add to their Christian Lingo. That's not faith. And that won't get you anywhere. The truth will set you free. Cliches will just make you weird. All right. Now, so faith is not believing. James 2.14. What doth it profit, my brother, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? And if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, And one of you say to them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding that you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God? Hey, thou doest well. The devils believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, vain man, that faith without works is dead? Now, you remember that Jesus ran into devils, and they would fall down, and they would say, Oh, Jesus, have you come to torment us before our time? And they'd say, Thou art the Son of the living God. Did they believe? Well, certainly they believe. Do they have faith? No, if they had faith, they could be redeemed. God's not a respect of persons. If you appropriate grace by faith, then you get what faith produces. But we know that wicked and unreasonable men do not possess faith. Didn't say they don't believe. Devils believe and tremble. There are lots of times, if you could ask anybody uh, in a mall, do you believe in God? 90% of them are going to say, well, yes, everybody believes in God. Are you a Christian? No. 
So what is that? That is a belief system, but it is not a faith system. And just because we believe something does not mean that we are willing to exercise faith in it. I'll go as far as this. You can believe in things and never have faith in them. Because you can have faith and not use it, but if you have real faith, faith is active. It works. It says something. It does something. So a lot of times we say, oh, I believe God can meet my needs. But we do nothing with the seed that we have. What is that? That's believing without faith. Hallelujah. So anytime that we don't use faith in what we believe, we simply don't have faith in it. Not that we don't have knowledge of it. Not that we don't believe. We are persuaded. The word believe means to be confident, to be persuaded in. And it comes from the preaching of the gospel. Can I have a Romans 10, uh, 8? Romans 10, 8. We'll look down through these verses. I know that you know them. I know we've been over them. But, and it says, what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the what? Which we preach. Now, so anytime that a person has faith, they ought to be saying something that is faith-oriented. Could it get an amen? It's in your mouth. It ought to come out. All right. That, what's these words? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, notice two things must take place. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that's faith, and shalt believe in thine heart, you have to believe and have faith. That God hath raised him from the dead, then and only then will you be saved. So believing is entirely different than faith. Next verse. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All right. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same is Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Now, where does believing come from? Hearing the word or receiving information. How many of you believe we have went to the moon? How many of you don't believe we have went to the moon? Andrew, you raise your hand. Andrew, okay. Uh, maybe you could be like Andrew. Andrew believes that the, the world is flat. You say, well, how could anybody believe that? I have no idea. How can you believe that God doesn't heal when he said he did? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea why you could disbelieve the obvious and believe a lie. Why do people do that? Oh, but people would say, I do believe in healing, but would never use their faith in it. So, we understand that we can believe. Believing comes from hearing information. In this case, it comes from believing the Word. Unless there is a proclamation or a declaration of information, people cannot believe. Believing comes from a persuasion, a decision to side with something. So, we can believe in lots of things that may be true or not true. Now, let's really be true. Now, I, I'm going to reach down and you reach down into the inner core of you and be honest with yourself. How many of you believe in Sasquatch? Come on. I, there... Uh, <laughs> 
Randy believes in Sasquatch. I have a pastor friend that eats, I'm telling you, he, he believes in Sasquatch. And I'm not even going to mention Leonard's name, but I'll tell you, he, he, now, do I believe in Sasquatch? I believe in hairy people, but I do not believe in Sasquatch. Now, if I ever run into one, believe me, I'll tell you. Now, how many of you believe in aliens? How many of you believe in in-laws? That's pretty close. <laughs> Look, we believe in many things. Many things we believe in, argue about, that can't be proved. Amen? How many of you believe that the, the world is less than 6,000 years old? That's not true at all. It is recorded less than 6,000 years old because that's when time began. Time never began until sin came in because time was not a factor of man. He was eternal. So we believe things and we don't have any evidence in believing. Amen? All right. How many of you believe in dinosaurs? I do. Their bones are here. Quit being crazy. Well, I, well, where'd they come from? I don't know, but evidently they were on top of the earth before they ended up under the earth. I, I, I mean, that's like basic 101. I, I mean, I don't understand when or how or why or, well, you know, the membrane of the earth broke its in and everybody, I don't know. But I'm glad they're not in my neighborhood. So we believe things. And just believing something doesn't mean that you have faith in something. Could have get an amen. Absolutely. Remember that Paul said to a King Agrippa in Acts 26, he said, King Agrippa, I know that you know these things of the law. I know that you believe in the prophets. Why? He had knowledge of the law. And then Paul began to contend with him about Believing in Christ Jesus. And he says, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. So realize that people can believe things and not even have faith for them. Amen. All right. The third thing that faith is not. Faith is not denial. Faith is not denial. How many of you got saved by coming up to an altar saying, I'm not a sinner, I'm not a sinner, I'm not a sinner, I'm not a sinner. Finally, they said, well, that's enough. You're not a sinner. No. You got saved by acknowledging your sinful condition. And then you declared what you believed by faith and you were saved. Let's go to Matthew 9, 27. So realize when somebody comes up to you and they say, hey, how you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling fine. You're hacking and snotting and spitting all over and you're, you're blobbering like an old uh, boxer and, and, you know, just everything's flying all over and you're saying, oh, I'm fine, man. I ain't sick. <laughs> I think, but this guy's mental too. Well, no. You see, denial has no power in it. Amen. And it says this. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Hey, thou son of David, have mercy on us. When he was coming to the house, the blind men came unto him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, the statement of faith, Yea. Next verse. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Did they deny that they were blind? Hmm. No. If you don't acknowledge that you need God to do something, then faith is never needed. Faith is an acknowledgement of something that God has decreed to be true. That's what faith is. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Yes. I believe that he is Lord. Then you have believed and you have confessed. 
but you have not denied anything. You have had to acknowledge that you were a sinner. Why would you come to Jesus if you didn't think that you needed to be saved? What would be the point of it? You say, well, I've never done anything wrong. You've heard sinners say that. I've had them say to me, I've never murdered anybody or anything like that. I say, it doesn't matter. All men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Oh, no, I haven't done anything wrong. Yes, you have. But until they believe that, they are not in need of a, sin, of a Savior. Amen? So if you have no needs, then you don't need faith. If you don't need healing because you aren't sick, though all the evidence says you are, then you don't need faith. So listen, faith is not a denial of something. Faith is an acknowledge of something. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this, We have received the same spirit of faith, that according to as it is written, we believe, therefore we speak. The spirit of faith acknowledges that you have a need, but it also acknowledges God's provision. And then faith can be mixed with the promise. But if you don't have a need, why do you need a promise? Amen? So we have to understand that faith is not a denial. Is not a denial. Faith is an acknowledgement that a need exists in the believer's life. It acknowledges that God is the source of meeting that need. It then mixes faith with that promise and the need is met. But it is not denial, folks. I've been trying for years. I'm not fat. I'm not fat. Phyllis goes out of the bathroom and laughs and says, so deceived, so deceived. <laughs> today she was saying, honey, oh, you're so good looking. I said, Phyllis, I'm glad you're going to church today so you can repent. And so she said, and I said, but honey, you look nice. She said, you need to go to church? I said, no, I'm flat out lying. I don't need to go to church. I know I'm lying. She said, today, she said, I don't want to get old. She said that. I don't want to get old. I said, Phyllis, I do not believe your statements that you're 39 and holding. I know she's old. Well, how do you know? Wrinkle upon wrinkle upon wrinkle cries out to me. <laughs> but I love her. I love you, Phyllis. But you're old. <laughs> I was combing the hair on her back the other night and said, listen, I... I <laughs> Look... Hallelujah. Somebody said, do you think you've changed? I said, yes. I got the belly of a gorilla. I've got the feet of a goat that's got more hair on them than my head. Praise God. Yeah, my toenails look like eagle claws. Absolutely. I am transitioning into something that has never existed. <laughs> now, so faith is not denial. Amen? All right. And then faith is not positive thinking. Now, the Bible is filled with pos positive thoughts from God to you. And you should think positively about yourself. But faith is not a mental thing. It is a spiritual substance. And just because you think roses are growing in the winter doesn't mean that there's not going to be a battle that's going to come. You cannot think positively and make it to heaven. It is one of the assets that help you stay steadfast and rooted in your faith. But positive thinking on its own doesn't have enough power to save you. Could I get an amen? Absolutely. 
So positive thinking doesn't change anything. Now, then the other thing is uh, our, uh, when we talk about the positive thinking, we certainly have enablements of Christ that help us, like God's going to meet all of our needs. That's a positive thought. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's a positive thought. We have many positive thoughts that God has given us. But positive thoughts are not the substance of faith. Amen. All right. And then let's look at, oh gosh, man, there's so many. Uh, Let's look at, oh, faith is not fate or karma. Here's what faith, faith comes from the Greek mythology of pluralities of gods, that gods can intermingle, uh, have relations with women and men, and end up with beings that are divine and that are earthly. And in that mythology, it believes that anything that happens is in the hands of of the gods. Well, we don't serve a plurality of gods. We serve God. Amen. Amen? And fate, or what comes of our life, is not in the hands of God. Now, that throws a wrench right into our religion because we think, I've had people say this, God's in charge, brother. I asked one guy one time, I said, he is, Where was he last week when you got mad at your wife? What did he do? Kind of give you a little leeway? You know, where was God the last time you got mad? Where was God the last time that you didn't sow a seed? The last time you didn't tithe? Where was God when you told a white lie on your taxes? If God is in charge, he better get a handle on you. Let alone me. God's not in charge of everything. You know, we think God's in charge of people starving to death. We think God's in charge of hurricanes and winds and tornadoes. We think that God's in charge of if our children get saved. God's in charge if we're prosperous or God's in charge if we're healed. I I told somebody one time, I'll tell you what, if God's in charge, I think we ought to reevaluate him and give him a vote of confidence because things ain't going too good in my life. If God is in charge, then he needs to get a handle on the body of Christ. And we need to be bold. We need to be confident. We need to be faith-filled. We need to walk in love. Amen? So, if God is in charge, fate or karma, well, you know, it's whatever will be, will be. Well, then, what God said to Israel would have been a lie. I set before you life and death, good and evil, blessing and cursing, you choose. And then if it's fate or karma, then how could God say, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord be saved? Couldn't. Fate is not faith. And faith is not fate. Faith receives what God has declared about it, but it's up to man to use it. Amen? And so, we are discussing the things that are not faith. Presumption. Somebody say presumption. Presumption is not faith. In other words, speculation of what God's will is. That simply means that every act of faith must be founded upon a scripture. Not what you perceive God wants, but what you are convinced that God wants. You say, well, sometimes I don't have time. Then you have no foundation to justly use faith. You don't have time to search the scriptures, to find the will of God, to hear his voice, to discover his desire, his purpose, or his plan so that you can mix faith with it, then you have 
really no foundation for your faith. God's upholding all things by the power that's in his word, and God is hastening to fulfill his word, not your presumptuous thoughts and ways. That's why it's important that we become word-based people, that we absorb what God is saying to us instead of just picking and choosing, instead of getting some things and not other things, especially on the Internet today. and I mean, people become wizards on the Internet. They're just dumb ones. I mean, you can go to the Internet and go to college, and I think that is a wonderful thing. Everybody ought to be educated. But you can't go to the Internet and think everything on it is the gospel. The Bible said, search the Scriptures, reason you out of them. Compare spiritual things with spiritual. Don't just go to the Internet and pick up somebody's belief and rant and rave that it's yours. Search the Scriptures. Well, I don't understand them. And pay attention. Whoever your pastor is, you have a problem, go to him and say, I got a problem. But don't compare him with somebody you don't even know. The Bible even tells you, know those that labor among you. Don't try to be wise and become a fool. Come on, hallelujah. All right, now let's go to, uh, let's go to Romans 10, 16. Romans 10, 16. We're going to rehearse this, and then we're going to, what time is it? Yeah, wow. And it says, but they have not all believed the gospel. What's this? For Isaiah, Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath, now don't switch this verse, who hath believed our report? Notice what it says. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Put faith with it. Isaiah saith, who hath believed our report. Now, where did their believing come from? The report. Believing comes from information. And you get to choose. You know there are people that believe that the devil is going to defeat God in the end. They're Satan worshipers. Do you know that there are more active witches registered in America than are members of the Presbyterian Church? Yet they think they're right because somebody told them they were right. It's wrong. It's sin. Amen? People still believe in horoscopes. They are a horror if you listen to them. Amen? You marry this one, the duck marries a lion. Or, boy, that lasts a long time. What do you think a lion's going to do when he gets hungry? He's eating that duck. Well, I don't believe in horoscopes, but I do read my Chinese fortune. <laughs> give me your seven ninety-five, and I'll give you a fortune. I'll get some little cookies, Prince. Oh, you just give me seven, and you won't end up with gas and indigestion afterward. <laughs> but I'll give you a little information. I had a guy come to me and say, Pastor, you got to come to this uh, a restaurant. And I said, Why? He said, I'm telling you, I opened the cookie, and it told me it was going, and it happened. <laughs> he was a friend of mine. I said, Bert, are you, are you, you, you don't know Bert, and Bert's already in heaven. So he said, I'm telling you, Pastor Pete, it, it, it was real. God said we was going to get a piece of land. And the guy that we was buying our house from had a little six-foot piece of land that uh, he couldn't use, so he gave it to us right beside his property. I said, really? He said, yes, and my fortune cookie told me it was going to. <laughs> so after us eating about 50 fortune cookies and having two bowls of wonton soup, I realized Bert had lied to me. <laughs> None of those things were going to come. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to meet. Somebody's going to walk in your life. Here come Phyllis. <laughs> and I thought, this devil. So maybe I'll find a better one. No, listen, you can't do that. Amen? All right. Now, Romans 10, 17. Remember, believing comes from reports. 
So then faith cometh by what? And hearing by what? The word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily. Their sound went into all of the earth and their words unto the end of the world. In other words, the whole world had heard the gospel, but not everybody believed and not everybody had faith. Now, remember, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right. Now, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, believing and faith comes from the same source. But now listen to me. The word hearing and hearing by the word of God is a word that means rhema. In other words, in what God has written, logos, inspired men to write down, that is the logos of God. That is what Jesus was. He was the unveiling of God his will, and his desire. But you could see Jesus and not have faith in him. The Bible says in Matthew, the 12th chapter, many of the priests believed, many of the chief priests believed, but because they feared man, they did not confess him. So, Jesus was the Logos. He was the unveiling of God. And that's what the scriptures do. They give us knowledge of God. They give us his thoughts. They give us his will. They give us his design. They give us his desire, his purpose, and his plan for our life. But in that Logos, there is a voice. Jesus was the Word made flesh. But in that Word made flesh, there was a voice. And he spoke. And when he spoke, not just his presence on the boat, but when Logos turned to Rhema, the storm calmed. When the Logos spoke to a dead man named Lazarus, he came forth. So what we want to do is we want to hear the Logos speak to us Because that's where faith is born. Could I get an amen? And the word hearing and hearing by the word of God simply means this. Having heard and believed, now hear what you have heard to make you believe. In other words, in the same promise, in the same written word, there is a voice within the Logos and Jesus is waiting to speak to us in a rhema word to bring us out of our tombs to calm our storms to meet our needs to set us free to rise up off of the barriers and the carriers that have kept us prison for years he is waiting for us to say take up thy bed and walk Jesus is waiting and that word is in there When it says, by his stripes you are healed, that is the work of the Logos. But when you begin to meditate it over and over, repeat it, mutter it, listen to it over and over, pretty soon out of that, by his stripes ye were healed, you will hear the voice of your Savior say, rise up, take thy bed, and walk. But you cannot use faith that you have not received by meditation, by listening over and over, by muttering to yourself. Proverbs 6, I think it's 20 on down, that talks about bind your mother's voice and your father's commandments about your neck. Rise up day and night over and over, and one day you'll rise up and it shall speak to you. It shall speak to you. Now, Marge, come here. Hallelujah. I want to read to you some words. This is a song we sing here in the church. It says, this is how I fight my battles. 
This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I notice you aren't weaving and bobbing. This, this song is a, a foot stomper. But here I'm, she just ain't getting it, is she? All right, now. And it says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Now, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I mean, I have heard this song. My hips become dislocated. I'm like, oh, you, my, yeah. Now, Marge hears this, and nothing happens. But what if she really heard the song instead of just hearing the Logos? That she heard the spirit that was in the song, the spirit of faith. This is how I fight my battles. 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 Yes, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, yes. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Oh, it may look like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but this is how I fight. This is how I fight my battles. 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 Yeah. I'm surrounded by you. Hear me look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, yes. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. 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 The Logos is expressing, comes up out of that Logos. Faith is born. It's no longer God speaking to a multitude. It is God speaking to you. It has come from God himself. And it is his voice that brings faith. Amen? All right, praise God. Wednesday night, hallelujah. We're going to continue to preach on this present darkness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, our God, we worship you. We, we Come on, let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a while. 
homes and children, God. Strongholds, God, healing, deliverance. <laughs> Shandele Bokoto Dere Mandi, Ye Katalabakaraba Katela Moto, Shande Makandaraba Katalaba, Kandelama Kandela Bokode, Hande Lubako de de Kareba Katalaba, Okoreba Kashalama. Rise up, my people, rise up and be strong, saith the Lord of hosts, for faith has never failed you. Faith has kept you by the power of that faith. Faith has kept you and given you life. Faith has broken the shackles of darkness. What faith has done, it will ever do, saith the Lord of hosts. For I have given you the measure of faith, saith God. So I say unto you, rise up, begin to speak. Rise up and begin to do, saith the Lord. For faith awaits your, uh, your faith re awaits your release, saith God. Will not every promise come to pass? Be patient, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Nothing is impossible because you're a believer. I say unto you, rise up, declare, speak a word, saith God. Declare the outcome of your problem, saith the Lord. For I will give you that which you desire, for it is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. Will I not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly before me? So I say unto you, righteous people, declare, saith the Lord. Put your faith in motion. The word awaits to become real, saith God. Release, release your faith and see the wonders of an eternal living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory.